Will DC Universe Online, the new MMO from Sony, leap tall competitors in a single bound? When it comes to MMOs, is free-to-play the way to go? At a time when the Supreme Court of the United States is deciding the First Amendment status of video games, why in the world is Electronic Arts giving ammunition to advocates of censorship? James Day, Heather Richtmeyer, Wes Shockley, and I, Michael Ubaldi, will discuss that and more on the January 17th, 2011 Game & Player Podcast. As I was telling you guys earlier, the bad news is that we're going to start another podcast by talking about Dead Space 2, but the good news is that this is a pretty interesting discussion. Last week, we had a discussion of shooters, especially those in survival horror, and what it means to be able to see what's coming or uh, know what's going to happen after you've played the game before. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting. I did note that I wasn't particularly excited by Dead Space 2, and I certainly wasn't encouraged by the tagline, Dismember, stomp, and impale your way across the sprawl. I thought that was a little lowbrow. Well, it turns out that uh, over the last 10 hours or so, video game news outlets have been uh, picking up this apparent viral online campaign for Dead Space 2. It's called Your Mom Hates Dead Space 2, and it consists of a series of films of supposed uh, focus group members, all of the mothers from, as Electronic Arts claims, the heart of conservative America, watching footage of Dead Space 2. And as you might expect... Their reactions uh, are all manner of revulsion and uh, these attempts at articulating their disgust. Uh, they, I think they are, uh, at the end of each one, asked if they hate it. Just to confirm that, yes, your mom hates Dead Space 2. One woman uh, stammers, this is a kind of game that'll make someone go insane. And uh, the, the, the result is that, uh, two-pronged, I'd say, the, uh, the, the first concern... Uh, a little bit more uh, practical, say, is that uh, Electronic Arts is devaluing this franchise by pushing it into a kind of uh, beat-em-up, guts-and-gore genre, almost like a, a WWF track. And uh, given the success of uh, wrestling on, say, the Sci-Fi Network, maybe that's a big uh, money bag, but as far as creating an artistically acclaimed series, I wonder if this is a little bit uh, too far and potentially detrimental to uh, selling this uh, intellectual property in the future. But my problem particularly is with these uh, marketers, whether it's Electronic Arts uh, itself or some contractor, thinking they're so clever but not realizing that what they're doing is undercutting one of the pillars of the arguments for industry self-regulation. Um, as we know, we've got the uh, Entertainment Software Ratings Board, and uh, it is completely voluntary in a way, sometimes at least politically, it's a way to keep the government off of the industry's back. And uh, a majority of shooter games are rated mature, which means uh, that uh, stores that are a part of the uh, uh, the affiliation that, uh, that is in charge of the ESRB cannot sell these games to people uh, under the age of 17. Well, now, if your mom hates Dead Space 2 and that's a reason why you want to play it, you're probably 
not a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old unless you have some problems. Maybe you're 15, maybe you're 16, maybe you are close to that, uh, that range, that threshold, but you're probably 12 or 13. Now, the ESRB explanation is that parents work with children and the family decides what the children should play. Maybe the parents aren't particularly enthused with the game that uh, their child is playing, but they work it out. Uh, you know, action isn't necessarily something that a mom is into, so she will supervise and make some judgments. But now, if you've got a game that a mother absolutely hates, that she literally, quotably, hates, she becomes an unwilling participant, uh, 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 a, a, a patsy. She's forced to buy this game. She doesn't want to see her child play, or what else is EA saying? That uh, the, the normal uh, uh, restraints are circumnavigated and, and the child plays the game anyway because mom's going to hate it? What's going on here? It's, for me, it's definitely a, uh, a way to stir up controversy, to, to build hype in a way. Um, but much like yourself, it's, I feel it's definitely not the right way to go about it. Um, I mean, Dead Space 1 was very well received by critics and I think sold pretty well. So I don't really see this need to, uh, yeah. you know, just raise controversy about, about Dead Space 2. Um, it, it, it's irresponsible as well in a way, as it implies that they're, they're aiming the game at, at children, um, people, you know, under the age of 18, as the, the game will never be, be rated 18 or R in America, I guess. Um, right, that's and, the R rating. Yeah, and it, again, yeah, it doesn't help that uh, games in the past have had this perception that they're just for kids. Um, and this is where a lot of the controversies in the past have stemmed from uh, politicians believing, seeing Grand Theft Auto and uh, and similar games and believing that this is you know designed for children to play and yeah with this advertising campaign EA are just kind of uh, playing into those sort of the ignorant people's hands um, yeah you wonder if EA or uh, agent provocateurs of California State Senator Leland Yee, who obviously <laughs> see this as a great boon for his crusade against industry regulation and uh, uh, his his bid for government regulation of uh, of video games. Yeah. And what's even more ironic is uh, if you remember back to the Medal of Honor uh, controversy with the uh, being able to play the Taliban against U.S. forces. Was it Taliban? Um, I believe so. And, yeah, and they were renamed after a lot of pressure from... Uh, Parents and politicians, EA uh, renamed uh, the Taliban in the multiplayer mode to opposing force. Um, Good old up four. Yeah. So ironically, uh, in response to controversy there, they, they changed um, their, their tact, but here they're trying to stir it up again. So, And here it's, it's blatant. Got, I mean, yes. Yes. As, we, as we discussed, in order to be uh, accurate... Um, to, to be truthful, you call an opposing force in Afghanistan the Taliban. But here, uh, do, do we really know if, if these are real moms? If they are, was this responsible? Uh, if, if you watch these films, uh, it, it, it seems kind of cynical that they just uh, uh, lure these mothers in here. And uh, you know, some of these mothers seem like uh, they're, they're trying to be unfazed. And then they watch it and they're, they're blanching, they're turning away, they're, they're crying out. W would you subject your mother to this? I well, 
it certainly depends on, you know, they might have picked specific scenes or fragments of scenes, which isn't necessarily a good way to judge a game anyway. But EA certainly does have some history of uh, stirring up controversy. As you uh, mentioned earlier, uh, Dante's Inferno. Though, with Dante's Inferno, they at least seem to have a few clever marketing things going on. Mm-hmm. I know they uh, mailed a box with, uh, I believe it was a noisemaker, to one of the more popular shows at The Escapist. And so the guy tore the box apart, too. Uh, and then it uh, made a comment about his sins, which seemed relatively clever. Sure. You know, that's clever. But if if that's successful, does EA need to dabble in such uh, brummicum, in such tawdry tactics? And again, to, to talk about a great game that didn't necessarily need this kind of uh, advertising treatment, Dante's Inferno was, was pretty fun. Um, uh, Ed and Jeremy and I played it at uh, PAX East, and we, we stayed long enough to play a boss battle, and it was one of the most compelling boss battles we've ever experienced. Now, we, we weren't going to play this game by virtue of some stupid campaign going on about the, uh, the deadly sins. Or about uh, getting your picture taken with a model, either. Exactly. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to uh, do particularly well for them. It's essentially uh, your mom joke, which isn't going to get people who have generally gotten beyond that point too excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I watched it. Um... And thinking about the whole Medal of Honor thing, uh, you know, uh, w- what they're doing is definitely not smart, but it, it does come off as sort of a a little satirical response, if you will, to the um, changing of the uh, uh, name of the Taliban in multiplayer. And probably, if you go bigger, the whole uh, censorship of video games, you know, um, Technically, Medal of Honor is not supposed to be bought for your kids. Neither is this game. But you're going to have parents that are going to do it. And I think that's the statement that they're trying to make is, you know, they're they're trying to poke fun at something. But I don't think it's going to come across very well. Mm. Um, You know, that that is interesting, Wes. Like, this could be so over the top. Right. That what they're trying to say is, oh my gosh, it's going to twist your children into mass murderers, when in yeah. fact it obviously won't. Sure, a mom wouldn't like this, but a mom probably wouldn't like half of the shows that are on television that right. kids watch. So that could be the right. point, too. My yeah, mother that, doesn't like Doctor Who, so... <laughs> yeah, that, that's just the, the impression I got from it, is that they're trying to take a poke at you know, the whole censorship of video games controversy. They're uh, not necessarily thumbing their nose at, but just kind of like, you know, sometimes it gets a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> so, it seems, you like, know. seems like the complete wrong franchise to do it with, though. I mean, yeah. you know, you can, you'd, you expect something like this from, you know, the guys behind like Duke Nukem or Bulletstorm, not... Uh, Dead Space, which was, you know, to many people was one of the best games of the year it came out. I think it was at 2007, 2008. Um, so it just doesn't feel necessary for this series in the slightest to me. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just, that's just how it, personally, that's how I, I kind of read it, I guess. But And I 
just one person. So <laughs> it seems know. a likely possible conclusion. I just don't think that EA is a company that could pull it off particularly well. I could yeah. see Valve or Bethesda doing something like this in a much less irksome way, but uh, not EA. Yeah, I think my only comment on the satire bit would be it's not sharp enough. If there's a, if there's a punchline, maybe they could have made it a little a little sharper. Um, and as far as a game to be uh, to be extolling this, maybe you'd think uh, Mad World or No More Heroes, something that's that's uh, essentially over the top. Yeah, and and uh, intended to offend. Or else doing it in a more subtle fashion. Because I know some games, I was just discussing with a friend last night about how Morrowind, they have a, a book in the game because it's rated teen that has uh, portions of it visibly censored by order of the Tribunal Temple. Nice. Well, let's turn to something uh, slightly less controversial, but uh, no less compelling. Wes, you have been playing DC Universe Online. Yes, I have. And um, and going back to our earlier discussion last time about MMOs and how I feel about them, th this is the first time I've come across one that I'm actually willing to commit some time to. <laughs> time? Uh, time, time to is actually, money, friend. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually willing to commit to this one. Um, you know, is it a perfect MMO? No. But I think for me, maybe it's because I'm just familiar with the lore and I've grown up on comic books. Um, so they've kind of they kind of touched something in my heart on this one. And so I've been I've been playing it. Me and a, a friend of mine from my childhood days, um, you know, known him since grade school, and uh, you know, we're really into this one. Um, what better it, way to go back to that time? Than, oh yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, the combat, in my opinion, is handled in a way that does make me feel invested in it instead of feeling like I'm watching an event. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, it's the lore. I think this is going to, you know, for those that are probably committed to it, it's probably a niche market uh for those that are starting out i've noticed watching you know the sort of the chat box that a lot of conversation seems to gear towards you know dc lore um but for the most part yeah i'm really having a lot of fun with this game um definitely um yeah, they got some really unique things going in there it, it does need some polish in my opinion i'm hoping that they improve things over time like uh, in the character creation options um one of the things my friend and i russ noticed um russ is a big um green lantern uh aficionado and so he wanted to customize his character around those lines uh but that option was kind of it was not available so huh. uh, um which kind of makes sense if you go with the premise of the story um without hopefully giving away too much spoiler, the premise of the story is, um, and it's a way of explaining all these like new heroes in the DC universe, um, is that there's a big battle uh, where the villains uh, defeat all the heroes, uh, but they're betrayed by Brainiac. Brainiac turns out to be the lurking, undermining real threat. And so, 
one of the villains, Lex Luthor, travels back through time to sort of change history. Because obviously he doesn't want to rule a world that he doesn't have control of. So he releases these things for, that he stole from Brainiac called the Exobites, which I guess sort of um, releases these innate abilities in other beings across the planet. So now there's this <laughs> multitude of heroes. So the Greenland, not being able to play Green Lantern kind of fits with, I guess, the backstory of the whole thing. So your character, so, you just create whatever superhero you want. Yes, you and and you you basically what you do is you you pick a, a type uh, or or like a, a class power sort of what you do is yeah basically you pick a power and a weapon type and a mentor right and so usually your mentor is one of the the big three if you're playing the hero you know it's either Superman Batman or Wonder Woman okay and you do have factions and, superheroes and, and supervillains. Yes, and so you can play a villain, and so then your when your mentor would either be uh, Lex Luthor, the Joker, or Cersei, which is uh, a sorceress of the um, Wonder Woman uh, type uh, lore. So you know you pick uh, basically uh, you know a power type, uh, a weapon type, and then um, a mentor, and then they have archetypes like you can create a character say inspired by superman and then it'll kind of basically you know take half the work of of choosing what you want out, done out of the way uh, uh and so and that's pretty much how the game plays out um and they really have seemed to have worked out a lot of content for it um the other thing i notice is that uh say you're not into playing with the group mm -hmm. you can kind of get through a lot of these missions without uh, assistance. I want to say of the content I've played so far, 75% of it I've gotten through myself. That's uh, good. And I think what, what MMOs have learned over the past uh, five, 10 years is that, yes, there is a value to team play. And team play for many of us is what actually drives participation and continued support, financial support. But to make that mandatory is to unnecessarily curtail the, uh, the, the opportunities of people. If you just want to get on for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, to have to rely on someone else to complete your objectives uh, puts, a, puts a damper on that. Yeah. 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 I think so. I, I think um, that's another unique thing that they went with. Um, but the the costume options, they could probably add a few more. I think in terms of the color palettes, uh, you only get like three uh, zones of color, and then you can kind of adjust from there. So it kind of limits some creativity a little bit. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I'm so far, I think it's a really good game. Um, it's not perfect. But uh, it, it it definitely impressed me enough to want to consider playing it. And usually, I'm bored with an MMO with MMO within the first ooh, week <laughs> or so. You know, I'm ready to just sit there. Oh, I've decided I'm going to drop this. This is not worth my time. What um, MMOs have you dabbled in in the past? Um, let's see. I've done City Heroes. I've done Champions. I've dabbled in Guild Wars. Um, uh, EverQuest. Yeah, long time ago. Um, so for the most part, the the fantasy ones kind of turned me off. But again, that's because I've just done fantasy stuff to death. It's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just 
doesn't work for me. Um, Certainly yeah. a bit overdone. Yeah, I, for me, for me personally, it's overdone for myself. But you know, there's obviously a market for it, so I can't really say that they're terrible. <laughs> mm. um, which version of the game have you been playing, Wes? Because from what I've seen, the um, it was kind of primarily uh, designed for the PS3, um, and it's kind of been ported to the PC. So there's a few oddities like uh big interfaces that weren't really designed for mouse and keyboard uh how are you finding that stuff well i've i'm playing it on the pc okay um and i feel the controls work fine um it does allow for the option of plugging in your controller uh for the pc so just to kind of get an idea of maybe how that would play on a console i decided to plug mine in and try it for a couple of hours and I thought it was pretty clever how they got it to work. Um, you know, normally in the MMO, you have a tray in front of you on your or uh, at the bottom of your screen. It kind of has all your abilities and icons and things like that. And most MMOs, you know, you hotkey those. Uh, and so, what I thought was neat is what they did was um, they did a controller layout where when you pull the left trigger. Uh, your main buttons say become functions one through four, and then when you pull the little right trigger, they become five through eight. Mm. And when you release both triggers, then you got the default set up. So, um, it, and I thought it still played pretty smooth. Um, and interesting enough, uh, I, I like I made a character based on martial arts, so. Uh, I thought it was neat that once I improved my character's martial arts abilities, I could do similar attack type styles like if I was playing Batman Arkham Asylum, where I could flip from one character to another, or one enemy to another, uh, in one single combo uh, string. Because you do combos uh, based off your uh, two main attack buttons to pull off different movements and things for your, your ranged weapon and your, I guess would be your melee or hand-to-hand. So it definitely has a much richer arcade or, or uh, right. interactive dimension than a lot of MMOs. Right, That then that's what I like about it. That's the main thing right there. And then, of course, the lore, because, again, I grew up on comics, so... Oh, yeah, um, that's just endless. The yeah. uh, the monthly subscription is, I'm reading, fourteen ninety nine. Yes, it is. And that is something that you were willing to pay. Um, for now, I mean, I'm so hooked into this game. I mean, I know for the PC only, they, you know, they have like the little monthly packages, you know, where you can pay for a set number of months, get discounted. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so there's a way around lowering that, that, um, you know, that 14 or 99 a month. Um, uh, and then they do do the lifetime apparently, uh, for the PC version. Um, so, which is like, I think $200 and then there's no recurring fee. So, you know, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to see what kind of content they have planned for the future. Um, but, uh, I was actually for a split second considering that, that lifetime, uh, uh fee. <laughs> in <laughs> for the so- long haul. Well, that's interesting because, uh, it's not the business model for all MMOs these days. In fact, uh, free to play seems to be becoming uh, an ever more prevalent means of keeping subscribers. 
James, why don't you enlighten us on this competition? Yeah, it's uh, a, a growing trend among MMOs in the last year or so. Um, switching to like a, a free-to-play uh, way of um, handling the business model. Um, I mean, many people consider this uh, a kind of response to, say, World of Warcraft, um, which so many people are playing uh, and paying the monthly subscription fee um, that, you know, they're not those same users aren't likely to go and play, you know, one or two other MMOs that have the same monthly subscription fee. Um, so, yeah, it's just an interesting trend now. And as more MMOs come out and inevitably don't live up to the sort of the content and quality that uh, Blizzard seems to have a stronghold over uh, in the MMO space, uh, it, it just seems like a good idea for newer new MMOs to, to, to go free-to-play. I mean, uh, Lord of the Rings Online uh, famously went free-to-play, uh, I think, last year and actually saw a huge surge in uh, the amount of users they had. Um, so there definitely seems to be a merit and other MMOs uh, are following uh, suit lately. Um, and personally, I've had experiences with MMOs like Star Trek Online that are, that are decent um, uh, perfectly enjoyable, but they're not, you know, uh, $15 a month or £10 a month uh, worthy experiences. So I, I think it's uh, something that's going to become standard outside of, you know, the few exceptions like World of Warcraft and EVE Online. Do you think there could be an exception made for a an aesthetic or a theme that appealed, um, or even a, a mechanical a gameplay uh quality that uh, couldn't be found in World of Warcraft, taking DC Universe Online, for example, for people who don't really care for fantasy, for people who maybe find the uh, the, the push-button and auto-attack-reliant gameplay of uh, World of Warcraft uh, to be a little boring. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that in turn could be the, the vacuum in which an actual you know, two-play game could fit. Yeah, I mean... Ever since uh, World of Warcraft hit it really big, so many developers were were trying to become the next big MMO, and no one has come anywhere near as close to the success of Blizzard. So, and so many companies have uh, you know thrown so much money at making an MMO and failed and gone out of business that uh, I think a lot of them, especially in this the economy as it is, are going for the safer route of uh, a free-to-play a free-to-play system rather than a, a, a large monthly subscription fee. I mean, I, I'm certainly not against uh, smaller subscription fees. I, I would have been quite happy to play Star Trek Online for longer than I did for, say, half the price, like, like Blizzard are charging. Um, so I think that there's room to be flexible um, within the space of being, you know, $15 a month or, or free-to-play. Mm -hmm. Certainly, uh, Heather has experience with free-to-play. Yes, I've played DDO quite a bit, and the free-to-play structure for that is certainly nice, partly because I'm playing other games, and it allows you to very much pick and choose what and when you want to spend money on it. And DDO is especially well-fitted to it, just because of how modular the dungeon setup is with the game. How but so? Yeah. Well, the game has pretty much everything you do within the game is 
in what could be considered instanced mm-hmm. in a dungeon setting. Right. So, which means you, buy, you you experience it separately from other players. Yes. Yeah, so when you buy the little pack, you can now go into the dungeon with other players, but it doesn't. Not having it doesn't massively, you know, decrease what you can see or play. It's not like you're missing half the continent to mm-hmm. quite the extent. So, do microtransactions give uh, players with deep pockets an unfair advantage? You think? Um. I in that game there doesn't seem to be quite the same thing especially because you can earn pretty much all the different items through gameplay mm-hmm. and DDO isn't tuned quite to like where World of Warcraft is where you have latest jerks and you have spreadsheets and everything like that there seems to be a bit more character flexibility with dual classing and how the dungeons the dungeons will utilize puzzles and other things that aren't merely a function of your character's health pool or damage yeah world of warcraft has very very much become a kind of tabletop dice rolling game it's moved away from any kind of uh literal or purist rpg pretensions that it may have had or or aspirations that that the developers might have had when they they weren't really sure what they had on their hands in 2004 yeah, I remember uh, back when I started playing back in Burning Crusade and I would go on the latest jerks and they would have a list of several possible raid builds, partly because there was a wider gear spread and thus what's optimal changes with more gear. But now they only have, you know, two specs per uh, two or three specs that are suggested for raiding. Yeah, yeah, quite a. Quite a reduction. The, the interesting thing is that a, a game like World of Warcraft, um, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, Blizzard would never take it free to play. Um, I would say maybe even in its senescence, which I guess is probably inevitable as uh, empires seem to rise and fall. But uh, for now, Blizzard does just fine with uh, uh, exacting these... Uh, subscriptions, fourteen ninety nine as the base, or again, if you pay uh, similar to what Wes was describing uh, for six months, I don't think they have a lifetime uh, thing because boy, oh boy, would that be popular. I believe it's three and six month packages. Exactly. I, I'm in fact on the six month and uh, it, it saves saves money if you uh, do consider that one of your regular uh, hobbies. But uh, Blizzard does uh, seem to have relaxed a lot of the the stances it had on microtransactions probably because the definition of microtransactions has has expanded especially with um what what are known as non-combat items uh, or or vanity items vanity pets things that players just tote around and show to their friends and just keep because they like them uh the same reason why you find knickknacks and tchotchkes and all sorts of uh, tourist trap stuff uh near the cashier in a restaurant um Mm -hmm. And and that seems to be where Blizzard can make its extra its extra cash from those with the means to pay and uh, the desire to pay. Mm. Yeah, of course, Blizzard. Technically, some of the options they offer could be considered to have an effect on actual combat because there are differences in the racial performance. So a race change could have an effect. But yeah, a lot of it is sure. But cosmetic. most of that can be. I mean, uh, you can choose that at the at, at the start. 
you yes. know, character creation. So of it's course. not as if you would be bereft of it uh, if you were not to uh, to to pay yeah. the the what ten or fifteen dollars for a race change. Uh, I believe it's twenty five. But yes, Blizzard also has the advantage. A lot of these new MMOs that are coming out, I would guess that they're probably more polished than WoW might have been at release. But with all the time and the polish that Blizzard has put on the game, the competition is much more stiff than it would have been previously. You know, all this talk about subscription plans or business models uh, brings another game I tried to mind that I thought they had something unique. Um, The game failed, unfortunately, but that's because technically it was just... It was not ready for release, in my opinion. It was at the APB. Um, One of the things different they did was you didn't do a monthly subscription or free-to-play. You bought um, basically uh, an amount of time. Uh, And that timer only ran down when you were logged in. So, you know, say if you were someone who maybe played an hour a night, you know, you, you bought 20 hours you know, uh, a package, you know, and you didn't play all the time, that was perfect because it's like, you know, you played at your leisure, oh, I only can play for an hour, and you didn't feel like you were a slave to your subscription. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was a unique uh, model for that. Unfortunately, that game failed because of the just the, the, it was just a terrible made game. (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting. I haven't really seen that set up. Can see why yeah, that would be useful. I was they were more... the first to try it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I believe someone else acquired the 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 rights to the game, so um, there's talk of it coming back. Um, yeah, I had seen that. Yeah, Real Time Worlds went under. Um, for those of you not familiar, I believe the can the name eludes me. Person's name eludes me, but that was the gentleman that was I guess responsible for the early Grand Theft Autos. Um, yeah. Well, uh, going back to what I was saying about uh, Lord of the Rings Online, um, I just brought up some uh, statistics. Uh, apparently, the uh, the company, after going free to play, the company announced that their uh, their revenue actually tripled. Um, so, again, when they have success stories like this, the the free to play and microtransaction system seems to be this uh, this big new land of uh, promise for. MMO creators and even um, even uh, non RPGs as well. Uh, I think just before the end of last year, uh, EA announced a Battlefield Play for Free, an online uh, free version of the of the Battlefield series. So it's not just uh, RPGs and you know the games you'd expect to charge subscriptions. Uh, trying a free to play model these days. Yeah, there's a lot of shooters out there that do that, where um, you can install and play the game for free, and the 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 way they make their money is through the microtransactions for uh, equipment and items, um, clothing items. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was Battlefield Heroes that was released maybe about five years ago. Now it was kind of a more uh, a cartoony aesthetic to it uh, to try and keep. Um, system requirements down in a sort of World of Warcraft way to get as many people to be, or enable as many people to play as possible, but... Uh, Which is genius, of course. Yeah. You don't it's, have to worry about realism, all you have to do is just make it cartoony, make it colorful, make it charming, and you're golden. Exactly. 
So, yeah, it just seems that the, the free-to-play model is going to become more and more popular. I mean, yeah, as, as we were saying, World of Warcraft's always going to keep the same subscription. They've got so many subscribers now that, and, and it makes so much money for them that they wouldn't change. I think probably the only other MMO that would will stay to the same type of subscription model would probably be EVE Online, uh, since that has a, a smaller but dedicated fan base from well, here so to be technical about it eve actually does have a slightly different model in that you can purchase the game cards in game with in game money and so it isn't purely the subscription but you All can't right. play unless you pay right well you have to i believe you have to get the account started up to be able to buy plex to use on it but there are players who will run their accounts merely off plex that other people have purchased how how feasible is that though? how much money do you have to earn in game to be able to afford that stuff uh it's feasible for people who are running level 4 missions which is what those are end game those are difficult uh, missions uh, somewhat difficult, but, I mean, I have ships now that could run it. So it's not amazingly difficult, but I believe they were going for, like, 300 million each currently, which isn't horrible, hmm. any means. And seems like a good idea. Yeah, well. actually, what they were also doing is for their uh, yearly convention in Iceland, they're offering some credit for convention tickets or accommodations with plex turn-ins as well hmm. that seems like a good idea to reward the people who play the most really um i think other mmos could could learn from that too yeah.